Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. This message is titled, Be Courageous Now. I'm going to be reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And this set of scriptures is often familiar to even non-Christians because sometimes they're quoted at funerals, at weddings. But what I want you to do is just listen, listen carefully to this set of scriptures because we can often go over them quickly and not really ponder what they're saying. There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven, a time to give birth, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to expect what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing, a time to search and a time to give up as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart, and a time to sew together, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. My focus for this message is verse 7, the B portion in verse 8. And I want to start with verse 7, the, the second portion of verse 7, a time to be silent and a time to speak. You've heard me say repeatedly on this program that we are in a season in the earth, in our nation, when we cannot be silent It is a time to speak. We just entered Rosh Hashanah, which literally means head of the year. We are now in the new year of the Jewish calendar, 5783. We are currently in the decade of Pei. That's spelled P-E-Y, but pronounced as the word P-A-Y. We're in the decade decade of pay, which is the number 80. So this year is 5783 that we just entered. We have seven more years to go in the decade of pay. Each number in the Hebrew language is a picture. And for the number 80, uh, pay is a mouth. And it actually means mouth. So the picture is a mouth, and it means mouth, with which, by extension, includes expression, speech, vocalization, and breath. 
So we are not in a time to be silent, but to speak, to vocalize and express our concerns, express truth, express our need for God, express our need for prayer. See, prayer is a pay word. I want to share an important historical event that has relevancy to our current state of the nation and the current state of the church in America. The following story I'm about to share is from David Barton's The Founder's Bible. David Barton is the founder of Wall Builders, and that is an organization dedicated to presenting Americans, America's forgotten history and heroes with an emphasis on the moral religious, and constitutional foundation on which America was built. I encourage you to go to wallbuilders.com and become familiar with their website because you will learn more history on this website than you ever learned in school. So here goes. In the 1770s, the Reverend John Peter Gabriel Mullenberg pastored two churches in Woodstock, Virginia. One was an English-speaking Episcopal church, the other a German-speaking Lutheran church. He was also a member of the Virginia legislature. In January 1776, he was attending the legislative session in Williamsburg. And war with Great Britain was looming on the horizon. Boston had been blockaded by the British Navy. Charleston burned. Lexington and Concord attacked. Public stores of gunpowder seized in Virginia. And the Battle of Bunker Hill fought. Reverend Muhlenberg returned home from the state capitol to his churches. And on January 21, 1776, stood in his pulpit and delivered what was to become his farewell sermon. He recounted the crisis then facing America, reminding them how America had been founded in pursuit of religious and civil liberties, and that they were now in danger of losing those liberties. He concluded with these words. In the language of Holy Writ, there was a time for all things. And he's quoting from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. He says, And a time to preach, and a time to pray. But those times have passed away. Then, in a loud voice, he pointed to verse 8, declaring, There is a time to fight, and that time has come now. He then bowed his head and offered a dismissal prayer. But instead of following his usual custom of going off to the vestry room after his sermon, he began to disrobe in front of the congregation when he finally shed his clerical robes, he stood before them in the full uniform of a military officer.
he descended the pulpit, weapons in hand, and marched to the back of the church, reminding his parishioners that if they did not get involved and protect their liberties, they would have no liberties left to protect. Outside the church, Pastor Muhlenberg ordered drummers to beat for recruits. Some 300 men from his two congregations joined him that day, becoming the 8th Virginia Regiment. Muhlenberg went on to become one of America's highest-ranking military officers, finishing the revolution as a major general, one of only 19 officers in the Continental Army to achieve that rank. He participated in the major battles at Brandywine, Germantown, Monmouth, Stony Point, and Yorktown. And if you tour Valley Forge today, you can still see the Muhlenberg Barracks, the small cabins built by his parishioners in their attempt to survive that brutal winter. In the rotunda of the United States Capitol, Pastor Muhlenberg appears on horseback alongside George Washington and his other generals in the massive painting of the surrender of the British at Yorktown. He is also one of a select group of individuals who has been honored with an individual statue at the U.S. Capitol. Peter had a brother who was also a minister, the Reverend Frederick Augustus Muhlenberg, pastor of a church in New York City. Frederick was critical of his brother's involvement and strongly opposed what Peter had done, telling him, You would have acted for the best if you had kept out of this business from the beginning. I now give you my thoughts in brief. I think you are wrong in trying to be both soldier and preacher together. However, Peter replied with some strong thoughts of his own. And he said, I am a clergyman, it is true, but I am a member of society as well as the poorest layman, and my liberty is as dear to me as to any man. Shall I then sit still? Heaven forbid it. I am called by my country in its defense. The cause is just and noble. And so far, I am from thinking that I act wrong. I am convinced it is my duty to do so, and duty I owe to God and my country. Peter understood that if he did not get involved, he could not protect what was important to him. Frederick, however, was unconvinced. But in 1777, the British arrived in New York City. Of the 19 churches in the city, they burned 10 of them to the ground. They also drove Frederick from his own church and desecrated the building. 
Frederick thus found himself rethinking his position. And, like his brother, he too decided to get involved. He became a significant political leader in Pennsylvania and then was elected the first Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, where he was instrumental in framing the Bill of Rights. In fact, his signature is one of only two that appears on that document. A large painting of him hangs in the Speaker's lobby of the U.S. House in honor of his role as America's first Speaker of the House. These two pastor brothers were instrumental in helping America secure both its civil and religious liberties, understanding that there is indeed a time to fight. Wow, that really is powerful. It's powerful how God used these two brothers. Now, doesn't that make it clear that we cannot be silent? Pastors cannot be silent. Citizens cannot be silent. As recent as this past Friday, September 23rd, Mark Hauk, founder and president of the King's Men, which promotes healing for victims of pornography addiction and promotes Christian virtues among men in the United States and Europe, was arrested by the FBI, who came pounding at his door at 7.05 a.m. with 25 to 30 FBI agents with their rifles pointed in the firing position. His wife and seven children, who were all homeschooled, were terrified. His wife asked for a warrant, and they said that they were going to take him whether they had a warrant or not. Mark also goes to two different abortion clinics south of Philadelphia every Wednesday to sidewalk council for six to eight hours. Last year, he took his son with him, who was 12 at the time. A pro-abortion protester, someone for abortion, spoke crude and vulgar things to the boy. Really too vulgar to put into print. Mark told the man he didn't have permission to talk to his son that way. But the man kept doing it. And obscenities just kept, uh, he just kept riddling, ridiculing the boy's father with these obscenities. When the man came into the boy's personal space, Mark shoved him away from his son and the man fell back. But he did not sustain any injury. Oh, but he did sue Mark. Thank, thank goodness the case was thrown out. Ah, but Merrick Garland, our head of the Department of Justice, somehow found out about the case 
and decided to have him arrested, saying that he violated the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrance Act due to a claimed, quote, attack of a patient escort. Folks, do you see what's happening? Do you understand the gravity of what is happening in our nation? Now, this is just one part of what's happening. There are many, see, there's, there's many stories that we don't even know about yet where the FBI has come to harass conservatives, Christians. I mean, this is going on in a big way. Now, we've talked about the sexualization of our children, and it, it's getting worse by the moment. I, when I think it can't get any darker, gosh, it just does get darker. Now, this story occurred in a Canadian school, but it reflects the same mantras and ideas that, that are going on here in the U.S. So a male shop teacher who identified as a woman at a high school came in wearing oversized breasts that were so large they sagged to the waist. And if you have seen the picture, it is grotesque. But it was not only a grotesque mockery of femininity, it was really, it was really a safety hazard in, in the guy's shop environment. Not to mention the moral health of the high school students who, of course, were exposed to this and expected to tolerate it. Next, the National Education Association is promoting LGBT sex and lifestyle practices among school children through a new badge worn by educators and created by the NEA LGBTQ Caucus. I want to remind you of something. When I first came on the radio back in 2013, I warned you, I warned you that the homosexual community was going to take over the NEA. They had a plan. There was this plan was put into motion, and now you see the fruit of it. So let me go on. The organization's, quote, I'm here, end quote, initiative is a badge that can be worn by teachers to tell everyone that you're a safe person with whom to discuss LGBTQ issues, the website states. Affirming LGBTQ plus youth couldn't be easier than by identifying yourself as a safe and supportive person. Along with the printed message, I'm here, the badge also includes a QR code that leads users to the explicit website. Although only worn by teachers or other public school employees, the code is accessible to any student who may be speaking to an adult wearing the badge. 
On Wednesday, conservative activist Christopher Rufo exposed the LGBTQ caucus after it created the badge that, quote, promotes a how-to guide. And folks, I this it's a little rough. Um, just hang in there. I'm just reading. I'm just reading verbatim, ver- verbatim, what this is. It's important that you hear this. They created a badge that promotes a how-to guide for anal sex, bondage, rimming, domination, sadomasochism, muffing, and fisting. To be honest, I don't even know what some of those things mean, and I don't want to know. Christopher Rufo highlighted a particular explicit resource listed on the website which is an article from Teen Health Source and is a guide to queering sexual education. The article promises to empower youth and features a manual on sex acts that don't get enough play, Rufo wrote. According to the resource, Queering Sex Ed is a project from, yes, you guessed it, planned Parenthood, Plant Parenthood Toronto, with the goal of developing a sex ed resource with and for LGBTQ youth. Quote, we recognize the need for an alternative sex education resource. It's not okay that gaps are being left and our sexual experiences are being ignored. There's so much opportunity in the queer world and that includes queer sex. Penis and vagina is one kind of sex, but it's not the only kind of sex. We want to reframe the sex that we have and the sex that we want to have as something positive. We want to see the kind of sex we have and want to have reflected in curriculum. Curriculum. The program is further described as inclusive, accessible, asexual positive, and that it includes trans and cis people and doesn't assume identity. Different sections of the program include a quiz to determine if the user is queer, a lesson on consent, body positivity, and sex acts that don't get enough play. This section presents various sex acts as a recipe book. Each practice includes details described as servings, ingredients, substitutions, prep cook time, and steps. Remember, just like in cooking, it takes time and practice to become a pro. It's okay to experiment with ingredients, change things up, and make a recipe your own. Each recipe calls for a, mm, there's a word there I can't say, of consent, as if a willingness to participate in an intimate act is all that is needed to make bonding and sadomasochism accepted. The NEA, the National Education Association, is the largest teachers' union in our country. 
representing more than 3 million public school teachers in all 14,000 local school districts, Rufo wrote. And they're actively promoting resources for putting a fist or a whole hand into a person's vagina or bum. This is disgraceful. A school district in Ohio. I'm sitting in Wheeling, West Virginia, and right across the river is Ohio. A school district in Ohio has received various opinions regarding the voluntary use of the badges. As of September 12th, teachers choosing to wear them were told to cover up the QR code that leads users to the explicit website. I don't even know what to say after that. That is the most disgusting sickening thing I have heard. And that's what teachers are doing in our schools to our children. Now, let's switch to the Bible quickly because I'm actually, I'm actually running out of time. But I'm going to take this on next week, so you'll have to bear with me. But... Joshua, Joshua was facing kind of a similar situation. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about next week, because this Joshua, see, we never, sometimes when we read the Bible, we don't really take into account the, um, the background, the background drop to kind of see where that per- what that person's really up against. And let me tell you, Joshua was up against it. So I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you today to be courageous now. Listen, we don't have time. You don't have time. Pastors, come on. This is serious stuff. And who is going to stand up for the children? We need the parents to stand up. We need clergy to stand up. We need the citizens of this country to stand up against this foul, sickening thing that has, that has come into our school system to destroy. This is ultimately, this is to destroy our children. So I'm, I'm really asking you to be in prayer. I'm asking you to be courageous. Don't be fearful. Don't back up. Don't just sit in your house with tape over your mouth and be quiet. This is not the time. Remember what it says in Ecclesiastes. There's a time to be silent and there's a time to speak. So let's speak and speak loud. Well, this is Don Noble. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. You can download the iHeartRadio app, go to the podcast Pure Heart Ministries, and listen to this 24-7. Uh, please email me. I'm wondering what you're thinking about all this. I'm wondering what's, what's stirring in your heart. So email me at all lowercase. Dawn, D-A-W-N, at pureheart.today. And thank you for your prayers. Please consider 
supporting this radio program financially, you can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Again, you can send a check to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Well, I certainly look forward to being with you next week. This is Don Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom, peace be unto you.